Welcome back to Cause Talk Radio by Rashpixel.fm, the podcast that shows do-gooders, nonprofits, and businesses how to build win-win partnerships that raise money and change the world. This podcast is brought to you by the Cause Marketing Forum and Selfish Giving. You can find full show notes and additional resources for today's episode at CauseUpdate.com and SelfishGiving.com. Now on to today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to another episode of Cause Talk Radio. On the line with me now is Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hey Joe. You excited today? I am always excited to do a Cause Talk Radio episode. I know. It's the high of my week. I know. We have had some great listeners too. Uh, The month of January and into February, the show is really growing. So we really appreciate our listeners. Absolutely. And uh, people are going to love the show today. Because on the line with us now, uh, Maureen Carlson, who is president of Good Scout, and Brittany Hill, who is vice president of Research and Insights. Hey, Maureen and Brittany. How you doing? Good. Hi. Hi. Happy to yeah. be here. I mean, it's a true uh, national coalition today on the line. It is. We are right? all over the place. I'm in Boston and you guys are somewhere else. That's all <laughs> I really know. You're under a snowbank. That's right. I'm under a snowbank. I'm under like five feet of snow or something like that. And uh, you guys are, I think, in all someplace warmer. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, Megan, what I'm really excited to have everyone on the line is these folks at Good Scout Group, they work with Phil McCarty. I know. He's a you hero. Know, so <laughs> who you know, we had on the show before. And of course, I have dubbed Phil the godfather of cause marketing. Oh, now you're going to have to come up with a name for Maureen and Brittany, though. Well, I got a perfect name. Sonny and Fredo. (laughs) What do you think? (laughs) Right out of the Godfather themselves. What do you think about that, Brittany and Maureen? Um, I want to be Sonny. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. It doesn't work out for either one of them. You know what I mean? So, Brittany, I would be upset about something like that. So, but we will talk about, um, you know, Phil McCarty and his great selection of clothes and belts, and the fact that he was on the Fashion Police another time. But today, we're here to talk about the 2015 Good Scout Cause Alliances Trim Report that you folks just published. And Brittany, I was hoping that you might start out by telling us a little bit about the report and start digging into it for us. Sure, Joe. Um, You know, our 2015 Cause Alliance Trends Report is really um, sort of a look back at what was going on in 2014, but really what's happening and how that enthusiasm that we saw in 2014, Mm -hmm. both from the corporate and individual sector, um, for causes, new causes, um, traditional fundraising tactics, Uh, We see that enthusiasm continuing um, Mm -hmm. for 2015 and beyond, and we really see now this sort of emergence and um, convergence of the corporate sector and the nonprofit sector like we have uh, have never seen before. So Mm -hmm. you'll see a lot of these trends come at sort of from a a business perspective. Um, We look at what's happening in the business sector. We look at what's happening in the nonprofit sector, and it really straddles the fence there. So... We're excited about these trends, and um, we're, we're excited to talk to you about them today. Oh, very good. Very good. So what do you have for us? What's the first one? What's the one you think is the biggest trend? One of our biggest trends was um, that, you know, we're seeing that data is a huge um, huge player in the in the world of, of not only business, but now infiltrating nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And so Maureen's going to kick us off with that one and, and talk about how that's really coming into our world in a more prevalent way. 
Oh, good. Yeah, you data's huge. Joe. You see, Joe, when you said data, I couldn't even I couldn't even let Brittany get it out. I'm so <laughs> excited. Um, I'm telling you, if anybody has he- heard me speak anywhere um, and lived through it, no, I'm just kidding, anywhere <laughs> over the last year, I have at some point, um, and every member of the Good Scout team have talked about data. Um, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody that data is important, but I, I think it is the emphasis that we need to put on it right. in the cause marketing space that really is what what we're trying to impart with this trend. That's the reason it's the number one trend mm. um, on the list. And, mm. you know, corporations have a lot of data, more data than ever before, and yeah. 85% of them are really using those initiatives to make decisions, mm-hmm. including CSR decisions, including yep. who they partner with, Mm-hmm. what they're getting out of those relationships, and if they should continue with those relationships. They're right. mining that data like never before. Mm-hmm. And we are really hoping to impart wisdom to some of the nonprofit sector um, and, and people within it to say, you have to be pulling that data as well. You have to go mm-hmm. as deep as you can in a cross-functional way, marketing, development, and really take a look at who, who are you? Um, mm-hmm. Who are your constituents? What is all the data you can derive? Right. Um, we like to say that that data is really the foundation for your amazing, smarter story. Right. So everybody has a story, mm-hmm. and everybody has an amazing cause and, mm-hmm. and a beautiful story to tell around it. And what mm-hmm. we're saying is make sure that, that that story is now not just words and pictures, it's words and pictures and numbers. Yeah. And you have really done a great intersection in telling your story with the passion that it deserves, mm-hmm. but also with the detail and the data that helps to differentiate your brand, helps to differentiate right. that pitch, helps mm-hmm. to make that company know why you would be a really strong partner mm-hmm. for their brand, their customers, and their employees. Uh, one of the things yeah. I'm interested in with data, though, is you know, corporations have such incredible access to data and, they such, and they're doing a much better job of collecting it and they have the resources to invest in it. How realistic is it for nonprofits to invest in big data? Or is this just a better business case for why nonprofits should be working with companies because they can use their data? Well, and about be- cause programs. Before you even answer that, Maureen, I want mm. you to clarify a little bit about the types of data you're talking about because you're approaching this in a slightly different way than than just a pure measurement standpoint. So, I definitely answer Joe's question, but I want mm. you to kind of clarify a little bit and maybe give an example about what you're talking about about really digging into your own data. Well, we you know we are certainly talking about about lots of different kinds of data because if you pull, if you gen, and I'll try to answer the questions together if you yeah. look at really and you sit down with a, a nonprofit we just did this the other day and we sat cross functional teams in a room you would be amazed at how much data they already have and mm. aren't sharing right. across departmental lines and if you take a look at that and you can sort of look at it together and cull it down to some key stuff then there's a lot of learnings there, you know, that, that's good for all things, social mm-hmm. outreach and advertising and definitely corporate alliances. Mm. We're specifically to um, um, Megan's question, we're specifically talking about, you know, go deep on the value of your brand. When you look at all your assets and everything you put on the table and the experience you bring, the prestige of that brand, um, the ROI and the assets that you bring to the table, wh- what does that all look like? Go deep about that and then make sure you understand the measurement around it, what it's worth really for a mm-hmm. company to align with. We also are constantly saying to people, go deep in psychographics. 
Mm -hmm. So we have tools that do that. Um, they're, they're not, you know, so expensive that somebody couldn't afford it, but a lot of people have those tools too. So go deep. Who are they? Tell us who Mm -hmm. they are. So an example to Megan that we usually say, or we usually give is, you know, a lot of people know the basic demographic information. So 70% of who we reach are our constituents are women. They're 35 to 50. They have a household income of 100,000 K. They're college educated. They live in the Southeast. And we're saying go deeper so that the message you can give to the company is more like this. We know our donors are trendy moms who are super shoppers. They like to purchase baby products and find jewelry. They're mm-hmm. craft enthusiasts who are more likely to shop at Michael's, Home Depot, and Babies Are Us. They're mm-hmm. wealthy, college-educated educa- conservatives who like to donate to the arts and education. So that's what we're saying. Go really deep in that mm. data so that your story is beautiful, mission, beautiful pictures, but the data around it is very compelling to um, you know, speak to a corporation about a really solid, right-fit partnership. Well, in a way, you're, you're, you're telling us, you are telling a story. I mean, you're using that data to paint a mm-hmm. picture and to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about including data, but it really rounds out that story of who you are and who your, who your constituents are. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, so work the with the data you have. Is, yeah. And the other yeah. thing real quick, when it comes to data, people always usually go to impact messaging, and that's certainly on our trends. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only thing we would, we would say there is, um, again, to, for that whole sort of weaving data and storytelling together, is we would say, I think it's great to know that, and I'll just make something up, that you see hospital 200,000 patients a year. Mm-hmm. But that is where the impact can't end. So mm-hmm. those kind of things are not personalized for no. the end user. Right. We, we are always saying to people, have your impact statements. We know that that's a trend, and we know you have to qualify and quantify when I give my volunteer hour or I give my dollar mm-hmm. where that's going. And that's mm-hmm. really important. But go deeper in the story. So if I, why do I care that you see 200,000 patients? What does that mean to me? What are you mm-hmm. learning from them that's going to make my health better or make it better for me when I go into a doctor's office. So we're always saying, too, when it comes to data, because all these three things are so tied together, impact, mm-hmm. storytelling, and data, is make sure you have those proof points, those, that impact statement that everybody's creating now is a trend, but make sure you know the story around it yeah. so that yeah. I, wherever I am, really embrace it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, we always say this, you know, when I worked at Boston Medical, we always used to say that when you give people numbers, you're just presenting people with the tears dried off. And so, you know, it's so you want to, you know, you have to combine the analytical with the emotional to ultimately be successful. And I would argue, too, based on a lot of the research that's coming out about this, that the emotional is much more important. But that doesn't mean it can't be data driven. Yeah, exactly right, Joe. I was no, just saying, I think Brittany could tell you she knows all about the different demographics and how they react to things. So, mm-hmm. um I think that's a great question and a great point. Yeah, and and Joe, to your point, we say, you know, going back to that storytelling, that you can't lose sight of the emotion. You can't lose sight of of really touting your brand prestige and everything that we see nonprofits, you know, have been doing for decades. But in terms of really using data to ground that story and build that foundation, that's what we're seeing as a trend, that 50-50 mix of the two um, and making that relevant and personalized, you know, um, a recent article came out yesterday from CMO.com and um, talking about their predictions for big data um, overall for, for all industries. And, and it was just that. It was data becoming mainstream. 
mm-hmm. and that big data is no longer just for corporations. And that's what we're seeing here is it's really coming into this industry and it fuels everything. It fuels not only the three trends that, that Maureen just mentioned, but a lot of the other trends that we speak to. And, um, you know, it, it, it's knowing more, you know, it's mm-hmm. about knowing more about your constituents. It's about knowing more about your brand, your value, knowing more about your partners. You know, mm-hmm. are you measuring those partnerships in a really valid way? Are you, are you really sort of understanding their impact to your cause and therefore your impact to them? So there's um, that underlining um, theme there across all of, all of these trends and, and the work that we all do every day. Let's let's talk about another trend because I feel like we could talk about any of these given trends for an entire day with the two of you. But let's move on to another trend. You have so many really unique ones here that I want to make sure we get to at least a couple. So going back to that knowing more, you know, one thing that we always get asked um, as consultants is what are those new industries? What are those new types mm. of uh, prospects, those new types of corporations that we should be looking at? Um, what are right fits for our brand, of course, but who's the up and comer? And so you'll see that one of our trends really speaks to emerging industries, um, some that, you know, may sound familiar and some that may not. Um, Some like shared economies, um, brands like Uber, which really sort of hit the ground running in 2014 with a lot of partnerships like Naked Hungry and Mad and others. And they're continuing now. If you watch them coming into 2015, not just at the national level as they kicked off in 2014, but now they've sort of infiltrated and created this localized strategy. So you'll see them partnering with um, folks in, you know, a local community like a children's hospital mm-hmm. where they can make real impact. Um, and so they have this now multi-layered CSR strategy that we really um, admire and, and applaud, and you'll see that continue, especially with shared economy companies that can be so localized, mm-hmm. but then also nationally revered as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, another industry that we're really seeing, you know, even as consumers, you've, you've seen take off over the last year and continue is the activewear category. And by activewear, we don't mean, you know, oh, yes, fitness clothing, it's been around <laughs> forever, but... <laughs> but with traditional clothing brands, so now we're seeing people like corporations like Forever 21 and H&M and The Gap branching out and devoting entire departments. If you go into any of those stores here lately, you'll see in their displays, it's all about activewear. And so mm-hmm. now they have top-line designers coming in and really sort of blowing that out. So if you are, you know, if your mission is about healthy living and active lifestyles, and perhaps H&M wasn't necessarily on your radar before, or Forever 21 for that matter, it now opens up a new category to consider. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe shops no, at I, both of those stores quite I a bit. I do, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I have my yoga pants on right now. Uh, you know, I think it's really interesting, too, based on um, emerging industries. And, you know, I'm writing something on this right now talking about how nonprofits uh, need to take startups seriously because I do think mm-hmm. there's a lot of opportunity there. I think Uber is a great example of, of that. Um, someone like uh, Share Our Strength and Shake Shack who have made a deep commitment to each other since the beginning. You probably heard that Shake uh, Share Our Strength just got a million-dollar gift in equity uh, from the recent uh, Shake Shack IPO. 
Uh, yeah, so I think there's mm-hmm. just a lot of, I think that's one of the things that, you know, a lot of times, when we, especially as cause marketers, we're like, yeah, focus on restaurants and retailers and, you know, basically anything B to C, but there is a lot of opportunity out there. And I think they really need to pay attention to these emerging businesses that in some instances are growing very quickly and have the ability uh, to support nonprofits very quickly. They do. One more example of that in the sort of up-and-coming space, to to your point, the startups, is that we're seeing e-commerce going brick and mortar. So things like the the mail-focused clothing bonobos and sort of Mm direct-to-consumer delivery service or Birchbox or Rent Mm -hmm. the Runway, those startups Mm -hmm. that were startups, I think, just two years ago, have now sort of created these brick-and-mortar storefronts to yep. go along with their online or direct-to-consumer platform. So now that opens up, again, a new category and a new opportunity for nonprofits to capture that foot traffic, to capture that additional exposure. Of mm-hmm. course, all of the PR that comes with opening up brick-and-mortar stores and pop-up stores. So, you know, that's a whole other sector that we haven't really seen a lot of great cause alliances come out of, but they're mm-hmm. starting. It, it's there. So your point don't forget about those little startup guys they have a lot to offer <laughs> yeah they really do and it's about and you know it's in and i think share our strength really shows this too in the sense like it's about building up over time and working with these people i mean shake shack started as one location in new york uh, now it's a, mm-hmm. a worldwide restaurant chain, um, and Share Our Strength was there, uh, you know, right from the beginning. So I think that's just one thing that nonprofits need to focus on. But I agree, there's just been this explosion of cause in a lot of industries, and we really now have to focus on well, which are the best to focus on? Which is the best? You know, where is the most opportunity for us? Yeah, and and the last thing I would say about the emerging industry categories and a lot of the case studies that you've talked about brands like Uber, they have Mm. a lot of case studies you can look at, but what's really interesting is they aren't your traditional sort of one-off cause marketing partnerships anymore. They are multifaceted. So people like Jawbone and Up24 or, um, you know, Fitbit or even Uber Mm -hmm. for that matter have created multifaceted relationships with Mm -hmm. causes. It's not just a dollar donate a dollar for every ride that happens. It's really infiltrated across every media platform and every donor acquisition platform. So that's what we really are looking at in terms of it's a sophisticated alignment with these Mm. new emerging industries. um, And that's what we're excited about. Can we squeeze in one final trend? Maureen, can you you give us another trend? I think one of the things that we wanted to talk about was um, franchisees. I think when we initially launched the trending report and the initial feedback we got when we were shopping around a little bit, there was a lot of interest in looking at franchisees and the growth of franchisees. Um, obviously, that, that space is very um, familiar with doing cause marketing. You know, mm-hmm. McDonald's, Dairy Queen, Subway, yep. even non-restaurant, Jiffy Lube type franchisee locations have been doing this for years and doing it very well both in the way that Brittany just talked about in terms of sort of maybe um, sales at the register, point of sales materials that's an add-on, a donation, but also very multifaceted, fully integrated, and fully ingrained in their brand cause relationships. Um, but we're, what we're seeing is that, um, you know, there's a lot of emerging franchisees that you might want to think about that don't immediately come top of mind. And I'm going to pass to Brittany real quick to talk through those a little bit and tell you a little bit about some of those locations, some of those franchisee locations that might surprise you a little bit about Mm. how fast they're growing. 
Yeah, so the really interesting thing about franchisees in the franchisee business is it's big business. And you can look at a lot of various articles that have been published over the last month about how the franchise business is set to grow faster than the rest of the U.S. economy and has been for five years now. Hmm. And so, you know, it's really sort of on an upswing. And to Maureen's point, some of those unexpected categories are what we're finding really interesting. So things like healthy fast food, fitness, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you know, wellness, fitness and wellness, childhood enrichment, um, Mm -hmm. you know, various franchisees that you might not think about, but you're probably seeing as an end user pop up in your local market. So Mm -hmm. things like Pure Bar or Fit for Mom, which is, gosh, so ripe for any type of mom-related, family-related type of cause. Um, one in particular franchisee is really cornering the market, and it's Bricks for Kids. And mm-hmm. they actually um, have now 650 locations in over 30 countries worldwide. Wow. And it, yeah. I didn't know that. And it's, uh, <laughs> I know. Who's heard of Bricks for Kids? I, I know, really. A lot of people. Um, and so they have now partnered with uh, Lego, and they basically create sort of package type of programs for child enrichment after school programs, all using Lego products and Lego expertise um, and really sort of makes it a ready-made sort of in a box type of activity for parents and educators to use. And it's taking off like wildfire and there's Mm. a lot of opportunity, of course, to partner with that. And what we love about the franchisee model is it is multi-layered. So you can look at it from a national level in terms of a cause alignment Many franchisees, uh, folks like Subway, have done that Mm -hmm. and have great models. Um, But then it really allows for those local chapter organizations or those more regional type of cause organizations to really have an opportunity to to give back to community and align with community leaders like the franchisee owners Mm -hmm. um, to to make that smart alignment there. Yeah, I I think, too, like the idea of uh, that's what I love about franchises is it's really is a great opportunity for local nonprofits, regional nonprofits to connect. And, you know, a lot of people look at these big chains and they say, gee, there's no way that I can get in them. And uh, but what I really encourage is, is like, look and see what the opportunity is, because, you know, I know even when I was fundraising, I had a great relationship with Valvoline and Stone Oil Change. And people were like, mm-hmm. wow, how'd you get in with Valvoline? It's a national chain. It's like, yeah, but it's it's regionally uh, connected. And so, you know, I just worked with the uh, locations here in New England. And, you know, that was something that worked for us. And so, you know, it always pays to explore kind of uh, each organization to find out how it works and how the companies are segmented across the country. Absolutely. And yeah. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because, again, it's not just that typical transactional type of relationship that we're seeing with franchisee opportunities. They really, because they are so localized, are mm-hmm. looking to employee engagement um, opportunities. And that's, again, one of our other trends that you can find in the report. But there's, you know, a, again, a very integrated approach when you look at the franchisee model. It always has to sort of benefit them from a, a community leader uh, standpoint. But a lot of opportunity there with some really interesting new uh, categories and, and new brands that you may not have heard of. Brittany and Maureen, this has been so interesting, and we have only just scratched the surface. So where can people find out more about Good Scout and about your trend report? So the trend report is absolutely online. Um, I think that Brittany can talk a little more specifically about direct links, but it's on our site, which is at um, goodscoutgroup.com. Um, 
We are excited for people to download it. it it's completely free and it's available to anybody um, from the site. We're doing a lot of different speaking engagements and trying to, to give people direct links. Um, but the best place to find it is on the site. We are, you know, constantly bombarded and asked a little bit at Good Scout from our nonprofit clients, you know, we really engage with them around their corporate alliances and, and how to make them robust, maximize them, what kind of things should they be maintaining, growing, creating. But the question we get across the board, no matter how, uh, you know, no matter the size of the nonprofit or how sophisticated they are or are not in, in cause marketing corporate alliances is what's next? What's the next big mm. thing? What's going on? And yeah. so we really wanted to make sure um, with Brittany's really, really in-depth team that goes deep into the research to come up with these. And I think you heard some of her, her, you know, some of that today. Um, we really wanted to answer that question and make sure that every year we're trying to answer that question for our clients. We know you're, mm. they're asking it, and it's important for us to, to see how we can help them make the most robust conversations and partnerships they possibly can. That's fantastic. And we will put a link to that in our show notes. Joe, where can people find you online? People can find me at uh, selfishgiving.com. They can obviously find me minute to minute on Twitter at Joe Waters. And make sure to check out my cause marketing Pinterest boards at pinterest.com front slash Joe Waters. What about you, Megan? Where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Megan Strand, and I tweet for the Cause Marketing Forum at TweetCMF. And just a small plug, Brittany just did a webinar on these trends for Cause Marketing Forum with several of her clients to illustrate some of these trends. And it was really, really fantastic. And they touched on some trends that we didn't even talk about today. So highly recommend you check that out as well. And you can also find Cause Marketing Forum at causemarketingforum.com and Cause Talk Radio at causeupdate.com. And speaking of Cause Talk Radio, we do want you to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can do that on iTunes. And keep that outreach coming. You guys have done a great job reaching out to Joe and myself via Twitter and email. And just please keep those comments coming. If you're so inclined, leave us a review on iTunes. And on behalf of Maureen and Brittany and Joe and myself, we'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Cod Talk Radio, and we'll see you next time.